What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, Celtics Like readers and listeners, and welcome to another edition of the CL Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with Topher Lane. We're talking about the Avery Bradley trade, the end of free agency, the excitement that's with all the rookies going on in Utah and Vegas Summer League games. Uh, we can jump right in. Topher, what, how'd you feel about uh, our man AB getting shipped off? It was rough. And I, I, I feel like fans all across kind of Celtics Nation, right, have been just you know, devastated by this because he was such a good guy. And that's just what everyone's been talking about since this trade. Uh, Yeah. yeah, And you know, he's, he was the last Celtic. He was the oldest Celtic on the team, right? Not by age, but like he's just been the longest tenured Celtic. Yeah. The only only one that was here when, when the old big three was here. So Mm -hmm. the last guy to play with Pierce and Garnett. Yeah. He was the end of that connection. And also the last one to play with doc too, I think. Right. Um, yeah, I think so. Perhaps. Yeah, but so it's just, you know, he's yeah, yeah he's like, definitely the last one from Doc because um, Marcus Smart is now the longest tenured Celtic, and he was uh, the first year that we had Stevens was Marcus Smart was the first draft pick. Yeah. So, and so yeah. I understand that it had to happen in order to get Gordon Hayward, and I, you know, it's a net gain at least from my perspective. We'll talk about later how other people don't think that it's a, a good move mm-hmm. for us to ditch. Avery but you know I mean it's just it it cuts pretty deep for a lot of people who are who are Celtics fans and it, it's tough to swallow especially when you're getting a guy like Marcus Morris who's you know I mean he's a solid return but you know, this is the first time that we've seen Danny Ainge lose a trade in a really long time and is did he lose or did he just have, kind of have to do it probably the latter but it's still just kind of a tough pill to swallow yeah and it, I think it, it shows you that he, he was looking at a lot of different things because it took a few days to do this, you know, for this all to come to fruition. I mean, I think a lot of people probably thought, at least I did, that he had something in his back pocket ready to slam when he got Hayward. Like, he already mm-hmm. had uh, something already in the works, and that didn't really seem to be the case. It seemed like he was still searching, and it seemed like this thing with Utah came out of almost, like, it, it, the sign trade with Utah that they were talking about for a day or two there. Uh, was like a last ditch effort, you know. God, geez, maybe, but he wasn't going to get anything back from that, right? I mean, what were they going to give us, you know? Well, I think Utah, I think, was blindly optimistic, just thinking that Hayward was going to stay, and so they suddenly were scrambling for some kind mm-hmm. of contingency plan, right? After kind of announced that that he was signing with Boston, and so then they were just looking for something to do, and they were like, "Hey, we can sign him and trade him to you guys if you guys are up for it," and then they just couldn't work out a deal. Based on most of the reports, it seems, too, the guy that they wanted was Crowder because he's under contract for three years and I mean, kind of fills in the same position, right? So you can move ahead. Obviously, he's not as good as Gordon Hayward, but but at least they the fall-off wouldn't be as drastic, right? How do you feel about Avery Bradley being the one to go? It was rumored that it was either Marcus Smart. Well, it had to be either one of Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, or Avery Bradley to make the money work. How do you feel about the fact that it was Bradley and not one of those other two? Well, here's the thing. I I think that 
the, it being Avery Bradley was kind of out of necessity. If they're going to be keeping Isaiah next year, and it, and it seems based on the, all the moves that they've made so far that that is very likely to be the case. Yeah, I mean, you're it's if it, I'm the president of the Marcus Park fan club, so I, I didn't want him to go. Plus, I think he's more easily retainable. I mean, we're looking at what what money wise next year. I don't I don't even know because the contracts have been so all over the place, but. I would imagine that he'll be more, you know, easier to keep next year with us going way over the salary cap than than AB, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because, AB... because we're looking at the, the the luxury tax, even if their contracts were like five or six million different per year, that's going to be huge when it comes to the tax penalty. Yeah, that'll make a, a big difference if we can stay under the the luxury line. But and I, and I was saying since the beginning of this year, when we had all the trade talk, at least going into the trade deadline this year how I thought that Jay was the least likely to move just based on the fact that that contract for three years, him at that money is ridiculous. You know, he's yeah. been making under $8 million. It's, it's one of the best bargains in the league. Once some of these other bargain contracts, now that Steph Curry's off his ridiculously cheap deal and um, uh, Jokic, right? He resigned for whatever, right? Not resigned, but they restructured his deal. And when Isaiah's, um, you know, signs to whatever deal he signs to next year, it's going to be for a lot more money than the six that he's getting paid now. So yeah, we're talking Crowder is going to be one of the best bargains in the league. He already is, but he, he might be at the top of the list. I think right now of like the top five best deals in the NBA, the Celtics have two of them in, in market or in uh, Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas right now. And obviously the mm-hmm. extension for Isaiah is going to change that pretty significantly. Right. We'll have to talk about that a little bit later, but Isaiah is saying he's expecting the full max and that's going to be interesting when that comes up. But let's talk, let's kind of stick with AB right now. Mm-hmm. The Pistons making this trade are basically passing on Contavious Caldwell Pope, and they, they did renounce their rights to him. So he's no longer a restricted free agent. That seems like a great move. And I'm, I'm here in Michigan, so I'm kind of observing this stuff from right. Detroit fans. That's right. right. You got a guy and, on the ground over there. Yeah, on the, down, on the, on the floor reporter. And it's really interesting. So Avery obviously has got, what, $8 million this year? This upcoming season, uh, yeah, right, because that deal was that original deal was what eight four for thirty two, I think. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, and so Caldwell Pope was trying to command a twenty million dollar deal, and that's been shrinking significantly in part because there's just not really a market for him for whatever reason, right? And I I don't know where he's going to go, whether he goes to to Brooklyn or, or where he's going to sign. Brooklyn was in the sweepstakes for Otto Porter and ended up striking out because Washington resigned him, but. How do you feel about this fit for Detroit, Avery Bradley on on the Pistons? I, I think he's I think he's going to be a, a favorite of Van Gundy's. I mean, he likes guys that can play both both ends of the floor, right? Yeah, he's been uh, searching for that guy for a yeah, while. I mean, I mean, he's been. I, I think you, we might see AB's offensive game blossom a little bit. I mean, who's he competing with for for buckets over there? Reggie Jackson. I don't. They're not. They're not tied to him long term anymore. You know, they thought that he was going to be uh, this. I, I, he took a huge step back last year in terms of effectiveness you know yeah reggie let me yeah. still putting up some numbers but yeah reggie i'm talking about and and on the on the other side uh, avery you know he had his best offensive season of his career so mm-hmm. I, I think he's still got some room to grow there offensively and do you think that continues do you think he because i mean i know some guys change of scenery can be great but sometimes a guy will go to a different team after doing so well in a, in a program in a and a franchise that he did so well and he just can't find his place I think that's actually kind of the story with Reggie Jackson is that he you know, got yeah. 
brought to the Pistons and suddenly lost his his kind of identity. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I think that there's I, I think it's going to be interesting. Like I don't get me wrong, it wouldn't surprise me if you know maybe he maybe he's not quite as effective without being around the same guys and whatnot. But and having obviously Isaiah draw all that attention left Avery open more often than not. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's definitely got the tools to be able to do it. You know, and to do more than what he was doing here. And if they go to him as a one of their top options, I mean. You never know. He might he might just surprise some folks. Well, they gave us probably one of their top four players in Marcus Morris. Would you agree with that? These top four on the Pistons, probably. Yeah. What are we looking at? That Drummond, uh, Jackson, I guess, and Caldwell Pope. And then they also had that uh, that small forward who's like really physical, who said he was going to lock down LeBron James two years ago. Oh God, well, what's his name? Um. Hang on, we'll look it up, but we can keep going. Um, I kind of want to know yeah. that. I need to look up Pistons. Hang on, I'm doing it right now. It is Bullock, right? Reggie Bullock. Yeah. And they got Tobias Harris too. Is That's actually right. I forgot they had Tobias Harris. And he's pretty nasty. Yeah, Stanley Johnson also. They got some good players, but they're all young. They're young mm-hmm. guys. Was but, Tobias Harris a holdover from was was he in Orlando when Van Gundy was still there? I think so, yeah. Because that would make more sense to me that why Van, oh yeah, he definitely was because what year did what year did Dwight jump ship? He was Ooh, in, that was uh 2012. After the season or before? It was like summer of 2012, I thought. It was before the season. Okay, so that was the year that he was he going drafted. into the 12th. So maybe, so maybe um, Van Gundy was still there when, right? Did, did Van Gundy survive a whole another year after that in Orlando? I think it was part of a year. Okay. I'm not entirely familiar, though. Yeah, I, so he might have drafted Tobias Harris then. So that would explain why he was so, you know, gung-ho getting him. Yeah. Well, he's a good player. No, but, no, no, he is for sure. I, m- I remember there was some question about him coming here last year. So... so Marcus Morris, how do you feel about him on the Celtics? How do you feel about that return? I think it's, well, I don't think it's a good return for Avery Bradley, but I, I think that Ainge was hamstrung there, right? I mean, he was, it had to be, right? It, yeah, con- well, considering we also had to throw in a second round pick. Like, yeah. Like, like they were doing us a favor. But I guess. Knew um, that we were trying to ditch a player. Every right, team in the league right, knew that, right. that we were just trying to shell off some space and mm-hmm. make room for Gordon Hayward. So no team was going to give us a good deal. Right. Do you yeah. think this was possibly the best deal that we could have gotten? Considering I mean, I would, I would say it must have been, and it must have, or it was the best deal that we could get, and Avery Bradley was the guy that they wanted to get rid of. You know, maybe they could have got a better return for a Crowder or Smart, but chose not to. You know, who knows? I'm, I'm just speculating. But what if, um, what if Jay Crowder could, could have gotten them more because of that contract? But they just felt that that having him at that price was just too much to pass, and having Dre Crowder for three years versus Avery for one more made you know that, I mean that just it's no brainer to me. Yeah, and logistically for future years of free agency and stuff, Jay's contract will be invaluable. You know, right? Yeah, it's so much easier to find. Which is one thing that's a, which is also a plus from Morris is you know getting Morris back. He's assigned for like five million or just over five million. Over mm-hmm. ten million over the next two years, so five million a year. That's, yeah. I mean, that's going to be huge going into next year. Uh, when we're going to be way over the cap, so I, I think that that's there's a, definitely a little value there. And seeing as 
we had to throw them a second round pick. Obviously, Ainge saw that you know they were kind of doing us a solid. I guess there is some concern, and I, I actually do want to kind of go back to that for a second. In the way that Van Gundy, you he turned a second round pick into Marcus Morris, a twenty twenty second round pick to Marcus Morris when he traded to him, traded for him for Phoenix. And mm-hmm. then turned it into a 2019 first or 2019 second round pick and Avery Bradley, which is like the most insane. <laughs> thing ever right? It's like turning, turning water. Yeah, what is it? Water to wine or what's that? When you put it that way, it's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like, how did he do that? Yeah. What's it? Alchemy where they try and turn stuff into gold? Yeah, that was exactly what he did with that trade. Yeah, but that's but that's being opportunistic though, right? I mean, we've seen Danny do that a million times. Like that's we've taken guys off. Just taking guys off of teams' hands, you know, or getting guys thrown into deals that seem, you know, seem like just a, you know, whatever, and turn out to be, you know, solid. So I think that's see, just opportunistic. Yeah, see Crowder Day and Thomas yeah. Isaac. <laughs> Thomas Isaac, exactly, right. <laughs> so there is some concern, though, with Morris in that he's facing criminal charges for, like, domestic battery or something, like things like that, and could actually be put into prison for like a maximum five-year sentence possibly yeah, so, so i vaguely remember when this happened do you remember this story yeah, it's back in phoenix when he was when he was there right. it was when the brothers were both there still and yeah I, I would imagine that this incident is what caused them to be split up and <laughs> and uh marcus shipped off whether whether or not which one of them was worse than the other one who knows but the um i, I guess they, they had to get rid of one of them. Uh, Marcus has always been kind of seen as the better one, right? Yeah, it, it depends on who you ask. I guess, yeah. I, I, Markeith, I think their games are very similar, but slightly different. Well, Marcus killed us in games two through four in the second round. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Son of a... I, now, now that he's on our team, I hope somebody sits him down and, and finds out for real. I'm telling you, I said it to you when this trade happened. I, I know, like, I know. Hey, he's just going to shine a light in his eyes the first time yeah. that he gets to Boston, like before the, the press the, conference. He's going he's gonna to walk in. There's going to be a lie detector test. You know, <laughs> did you play in Washington? Did you or did you not play in that series? Because not only did Marquise, like, like I said, I've always saw as Marcus as the better of the two twins. And for him to, not only did Marquise, you know, hurt himself and, and then all of a sudden, like, but Marcus was Marquise was all of a sudden much better than he'd been all season, you know. So yeah, man. <laughs> it's crazy. You order the code red. It's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be a straight a few good men line. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna <laughs> fire up that conspiracy uh, pod in a few weeks and and yeah. get to the bottom of this stuff. So, but, uh, but the, anyway, so the incident was uh, they kicked the crap out of some guy who was texting their mom or something inappropriately, or that's <laughs> allegedly allegedly. And yeah, it was like five guys jumped one guy and they claim they weren't there or involved, whether or not they actually did anything or what, you know, who knows, but well, so, the, guy, the guy says he knows them. They say he didn't know them, and authorities believe that it was stemming from him uh, sending inappropriate text messages to their mother. And that's what led to the situation. I just looked it up today because I didn't know anything about it. The Morris mothers, like the, it was the twins. Their mother. Yeah. The twins mom. He was yep. just texting their mom? I guess, yeah. Inappropriate I mean, things? Yeah, I guess so. What but is apparently smart? he was somebody that claimed the guy claims that he knew them, and they claimed that they had no relationship with him. So, I mean, whatever. Take that for whatever it is. But well, I guess I, they both have clean records aside from this, so... Doesn't Marcus have, like, a battery thing? In some, like, a small, like, 
battery is like a misdemeanor, I think. But doesn't he have something else on his record? Slightly? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, oh, Marcus Morris. Yes, he. Yeah. Had, they said something about that. It was some other. He had. He did have another incident on his thing. So. But yeah. they, they they thought that their rap it's not like they had like a, a huge rap sheet where they're gonna face like the full penalty for this. I mean, they, if if they do get in trouble, they still could face jail time though. So um, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, the NBA will likely if if they are found guilty, the NBA will likely impose some kind of suspension. some kind of a suspension, right? Uh, so, Just Justin suggested a ten game suspension was prob was probably the number. So we'll have to keep an eye on that, but we will see. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful that that doesn't happen right. granted i mean it's it's kind of messed up that we're talking like if if they did do it yeah like, yeah no for sure right like it's it's, it's tough to because yeah it's weird but Can it's allegedly to... innocent until proven guilty right so we'll see i don't really know anything about it so i don't want to get too much into it i read can we get a refund if i hope there was yeah some kind of clause or maybe we can just get markeith Right. Oh no. Then they both be in trouble. Right? Yeah, they're both. <laughs> well, yeah, but he has the, he has the one with the rap sheet, right? He's the one that already has a prior. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, the judge isn't an NBA fan, and they don't, <laughs> or the jury. Yeah, right. All right. Uh. So Colin Cowherd, the outspoken Fox Sports guy, uh, believes yeah. that we gave up too much for Gordon Hayward. This being part of it. And Colin Cowherd so is the worst. So Avery Brad, so okay, let's kind of look at the yeah, the yeah. deal as a whole, right? So it's free agents. So yeah, I mean he signed, and outright we get him for you know nothing. But we had to give up mm -hmm. Avery, Kelly Olynyk, and then also my favorite player Jordan Mickey's gonna have to be waived probably. Well, I think he's just. I don't think he has to be waived at this point, but I just think he's going to be because of um, there's just no room. Right? Okay. So Kelly and Avery then. Kelly and Avery, right. I, I think that's it. I mean, Jarebko, we couldn't obviously re-sign Jarebko. So yeah, so... He's a casual. And then also, technically, Amir, also. And Tyler Zeller. Let's not forget about him. Okay, yeah. so that's a lot of guys. Like, five guys. <laughs> five guys, yep. Five guys. One of whom had, like, significant time and, and was a you know huge contributor for the team in Avery Bradley. Mm -hmm. uh, and Kelly. I mean, Kelly, too. He yeah. was a big contributor. As frustrating as he was, he was, uh, you know... Do you think that was too much for Gordon Hayward? Um, no, I I don't. I mean, you need stars, and that's what you have to do. I mean, if, if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. I mean, we're right. Is it's this is a league where you need? Uh, we've said this before. Like I I always say, you they, people talk about getting top five, top ten guys, but you really what you need is like three top thirty guys, right? Mm -hmm. That well, you know, yeah. 25, whatever it is. I mean, you need you need three guys at the upper end of the league if you want to compete for championships, right? So you have to get those guys in place, and then you can go along, you know, and do what Golden State and Cleveland do every year and then add guys, you know, through the loopholes and the different contract things that you can do after that, right? Yeah. Well, so I, I was watching this. My friend's a huge Colin Cowherd fan, and I was kind of – I was about to leave work, and he was watching on his computer, and he's like, dude, you have to listen to this. I was so mad. Well, he's a Cavs fan, so if that says anything. Okay, sure. If that, if that makes any reason, rational. Right. Fair enough. But I, was, I was listening to this, and I turned it off at like two and a half minutes, three minutes of, of this like eight-minute video. And, you know, his argument was that we lose our second-best option for everything, um, our best defender, and... One other, it's 
yeah, I get it. We lose Avery, but we didn't have anybody else to turn to. It was Isaiah, and then sometimes we'd have a guy step off. Kelly was saying sometimes Marcus Smart, but rarely. Right. Al Horford's not a scorer. I mean, to give you like 15, 20 points a game, maybe. Yeah. And but Avery's game was con- inconsistent offensively. I mean, he, he'd give you what, 15, 15 points you could probably count on. But I mean, we need guys that can do close to what Isaiah does. You know, you want guys that can score 30 points. And I, I, I don't remember how, what I said. I was just so mad and I was just kind of ranting at my friend. And. You know, I mean, Marcus is working on his on his game offensively. He's going to maybe be starting. Jalen is working on his game offensively. He's going to continue to progress. He was a rookie last year. Like you right. can't you can't fault him. But so Colin just kept kind of saying, "Okay, you got a starting lineup of Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jay Crowder, and and Al Horford." He's like, "You think that's going to win you more than fifty three games?" It's like, yes, it will because yes. so yes, like, yes, it will. Yes, yes, I think so. A lot more games than 53 because, one, in part because of the, the change of the Eastern Conference, but also that everyone's game is getting better. Right. And we have yeah, this so is... much more to take pressure off Isaiah. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about a transformation to this roster that's going to make the offense flow even better than it did because you can count on another guy who's actually a true scorer alongside Isaiah, which will alleviate pressure to even Marcus Smart, who will get significantly more open threes when he's on the court with the two of them. Right. And, and then and there'll be smart shots galore. There's smart shots all <laughs> around. But it's and it's these the for these guys to um I just totally lost my train of thought. What was I gonna say? <laughs> um Yeah, but like they totally discard the fact that these young guys are gonna improve. Like and and bringing in a guy like Tatum too, he seems like he might be you know, up with Fultz as as the most offensively ready guy for the NBA too. So he can contribute, at least scoring wise off the bench. Like people act like we're we're not gonna be replacing any of this stuff that's going on. I think that's crazy. I think the only serious loss is Kelly on the I mean obviously Avery Bradley and I don't I'm not I'm not right. downplaying that at all, but But you trade Avery Bradley for Gordon Hayward every day of the week. So yes. That, but, so Kelly, that's a, that, but Kelly, right, of the other guys, he's a loss because of his size and potential. I'm, I'm and, petrified he's actually going to put everything all together in Miami and actually be, like, awesome. He's be perpetually sunburnt in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> no, I Kelly was like a scoring punch off the bench. He was a reliable, albeit frustrating, scoring punch off the bench. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we lacked a lot of games. Right. Kelly was, was reliant. And also, I do have to talk about how Avery Bradley was hurt a lot of the time and that he missed 20-something games, 25 games, and the Celtics actually put one of their best runs of the season together during that stretch. It's it's not like we can't play without Gordon Hay- or we can't play without Avery Bradley, and that right. we're replacing him with Gordon Hayward. I can't fathom how that could make us worse. But no, exactly. Let's let's kind of let's agree with with Colin Cowherd here. Yeah. Do you think there's a possibility that the Celtics get worse with this roster? How do you think? Barring so- by, by right, barring injuries. I mean, by worse, you mean losing more than 53 games? Like, well, um, not winning 53 games again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I guess... I, I mean, how do we measure it? You know what I mean? Measure, let's measure it by Eastern Conference Finals. Let's say... Okay, I think, so we get I back think, to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's fine. I think yeah. Celtics fans believe that this roster should at least get us the Eastern Conference Finals. That's like a floor of where Celtics fans are feeling right now. Right, yeah. Is that I, fair to say? Yeah, and I, I think it does. I mean, it's... I, 
I think that we're significantly better than Washington and Toronto now. Um, well, Toronto, Toronto's, Toronto's interesting because they're a tough match. Yeah, and we lose the guy who could... I mean, I, I know that Gordon Hayward is a solid two-way player. Obviously, Avery Bradley was a better defender because he's one of the best defending two guards in the game. Or right. is one of the best defending two guards in the game. If not the best. Yeah, and so you look at DeMar DeRozan, who's going to have free reign of of the court. And he was the guy that we couldn't stop, even with Bradley. You mm-hmm. know? So, and then you have a healthy Kyle Lowry, ideally, and Serge Ibaka, who will be in the system for longer, for a full year. Is that a scary team? Well, I think... The, adding the length certainly helps against those guys, though, right? A- A- Avery Bradley's definitely a better on-the-ball defender, but um, Gordon Hayward's 6'8". I mean, he can play against DeMar DeRozan, right? Yeah, and I... And then you're, mov- you're moving, what, Crowder, who's a good defender, um, Jalen Brown, who's young, but, you know, people have heralded his defense, too, you know? So he takes a step forward in that department. I think you've got... I think the the best thing in like Stevens likes the versatility is when you play a team with a guy like DeRozan, you can throw like three different guys at him. When they're switching it, you're not going to fall off that much. Yeah, and also with the, the changes, Morris and also Baines now as of today, mm-hmm. as of Sunday, you have some guys who can actually switch because Amir would struggle sometimes on the on the switch. Mm-hmm. You know, Kelly especially would struggle on the switch. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. You've got you know, stronger defenders and now more scoring in the starting lineup. And hopefully we got guys who can develop. And also, I mean, Jason Tatum looks legit as a scorer. Yeah, I mean, he's he just looks very gifted. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to see what he does when he's actually playing games that, that mean something. That, his, his, like, swooping attack of, like, when he just drives and, like, swoops, it, it's... It's really yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's it's, it's awesome. It's something Markel Fultz can't do. He can't swoop over guys with his arm and scoop things, you know. Especially That's, with an ankle injury. Oh man, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I do you think that there's a chance that the Celtics do not make the Eastern Conference Finals then? Well, I mean I I, I, I assume there's a chance. I, I can't see I think we're much better than Washington now. They really didn't add anything that would yeah. that would worry me. And um, I mean, I, I think Toronto is an interesting matchup. We didn't have to play them last year, so you know, it, it's a little. It it would be an interesting. I think it'd be an interesting series. I still think we're better than them. I'd be, I, I'd, and I think we're better. We're better matchup against um, LeBron and Co. Too. I mean, I don't think we'll get beaten in five games. It, I think it's a series. You know. Also, keep in mind that. The Celtics were without Isaiah Thomas for four of those five games, you know? Right. It's, it's... Like, we, we were without our leading scorer. Mm-hmm. And that's... I, if we had full-strength squad during that series, and we didn't have the, the drama of, of everything that was going on surrounding the team... I mean, Isaiah obviously was playing so hard that by the time he got to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think he was just... He was... Limping, emotional. Burn. Like, he was, yeah. like, completely out. And it was just a really tough playoffs, you know? Because we... The Cavs only played eight games leading up to that point. And we just grinded out that series with yeah, exactly. uh, Washington. So. so, yeah, it's, do you think we get worse or is kind of like Eastern Conference Finals satisfactory now or should Celtics fans be reaching for the stars thinking finals and then two years from now thinking rings? 
Well, I, as long as the sheriff's in town, I think reaching the Eastern Conference Finals should be the goal. I mean, the goal should be beating them, obviously, but you know what I mean. Like that should be the benchmark. If if we don't make the Eastern Conference Finals next year, then they're going to have to do something, obviously, right? Because we should beat those other teams. But if they don't make it to the finals, I don't. I don't think that's uh you know, I don't think that's the end of the world because this team is built to, 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 you know, at least have a shot at getting there this year. But at the same time, our, our big opportunity is, you know, maybe two, three years away when these younger kids are just about, you know, getting towards their prime. And then we're going to have, you know, if we have, if Isaiah is still here and we have Hayward, him and Horford and then Tatum, Jalen Brown, Mar- Marcus Smart too, and whatever player we get next year, maybe two players, right? With if we get that Lakers pick, that's like, mm-hmm. I mean, think of that two, three years from now. Our role players are going to be we're, budding superstars, right? Yeah, we're, we're built for the Ideally. future. Yeah. Ideally. I mean, you know, our role players will be like kids on the cusp of being superstars, like Jalen and Tatum in two, yeah. three years. Yeah. Right? It's really interesting because we're built like the, the Timberwolves youth movement while also – but also being better. I'll tell you what, though, that team is that Timberwolves team is going to be pretty good pretty soon too. Yeah, they they expedited that process because they had a bunch of really yeah. fun young players. Now all of a sudden they're like, you know, going to be a top. They're going to be a playoff team in the West. I don't know how to describe that as top because there's so right. many crazy teams. Yeah, it, it's tough to see how that's going to shake out. But I I love them getting Butler. I mean, they, they, yeah. I think that's probably one of the best places he could have landed. You and know, a young team where he's like the guy. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is the guy, technically, but in terms of scoring, though, Butler, Butler will probably be the go-to guy there, you know? Yeah. Well, then they got Crawford, who's, like, the best bench scorer in the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just got such a disgusting team. Yeah. It's going to be a fun team to watch, for sure. And I'm glad they're out west. Yes, me too. And Jimmy Butler's out west, too. That's exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> is there... So, I, I kind of want to backtrack and talk about... Gordon Hayward. So number two is number twenty. What do we do about the number twenty? Well, he's we getting give, number twenty. His number? Was there even Are somebody you? that had that number? Was anybody? Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's. I feel like there's fans on both sides. Like Justin, for instance, is you know he's fine with exonerating Ray Allen and but letting letting him off the hook. Yeah. Are you against I, that? No, no, no. I'm not against it. I mean, I'm glad. It became a topic of conversation again today when they didn't invite him to the trip and just so to get like another dig in there, you know, just one last like, oh, F you. But at the same time, like Pierce talked about it after and said he wants to, you know, make it. They, they all don't play anymore except for Rondo, right? So, yeah, just, you know. But Rondo I, can hold a grudge. Oh, and well, he's never going to like Ray anyways. They didn't like each other when they were on the team. Never mind, you know. So I, I think that ship has sailed for them. But in terms of Pierce and KG, I mean, those, I mean, that was the original big three, those yeah. guys, you know? So I, I think that'll, that'll, after hearing their comments when they were talking about it, I think that's, you know, eventually, I think five years from now or whenever they do some kind of reunion or something, it's actually going to be 10 years this year, right? Next year. Uh, yeah. Next season. Yeah. So, so next- I'm sure they'll do something next off season. Maybe that's long enough. The guys are away from the game and, you know, maybe that's enough for them to let it, let it go. We'll see. Well, I think eventually they do, though. I mean, whether it's next year or not. Yeah, no, I I agree. But should fans? Do you think that the the Celtics kind of just give them just because Ainge is a guy who's on Allen's side, right? 
Ainge is like, right. well, because Ainge looks at everything like it's a business, which is which it is, right? He he doesn't have any hard feelings about Rayleigh. Obviously, they they wish that he didn't, but at the same time, like, guy's got to do what he thinks he's gonna do, right? Should Ainge tell Hayward to pick a different number? No, because no, because they're not gonna retire Ray's jersey anyways. Does does he have any? You think there's any chance that they would do that? I uh, no, but you know, I mean, I don't know. It'd be a gesture. No, I think I think. You move on, Hayward gets the 20, and then we don't have to talk about it anymore, about them retiring. That's I think that's, that's the way to go. Well, fans, so Pistons fans kind of felt like it's a completely different situation because Gordon Hayward left for his old coach. For I mean, it's a better situation, sure, but fans in, in Utah were burning his jersey. Yeah, that, that's just stupid. I, I feel like most of the people that do this, and this just ha- this happens in every city, whether it's even in Boston, I've seen idiots. There's one or always one or two idiots that does stuff like this, right? But if it, it, it's just like people that are looking for attention on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, you know, they, they want to go viral for being the first one to burn the jersey, you know, ever since it happened with uh, after LeBron with the decision and everyone made a big deal out of it, right? Yeah. I, I feel like Utah fans aren't really as mad as like the few of them. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm sure they're upset, but. Yeah. I don't think most of them hate Gordon Hayward for leaving, right? I mean, well, I, I've got to. I talked to my buddy who's in Utah. He's not in Salt Lake City, but he's he's just around there. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it was like a like the atmosphere of the state was like really weird the next day. And he's not like a sports fan, but he just like it was strange for him. And he's like everyone was talking about it. People were upset. It's like suddenly, because I mean, I don't know what else Utah has as far as like sports go. Yeah, no, it's true. So I, I, you know, he was their guy. He like brought them back, and you know, I mean, I I really like the the team that they built around him. But what happens to that team now that he's gone? Do they figure it out and piece together and stay in the playoffs, or are they going to kind of go back to you know middling Western Conference team that's just kind of playing for ping pong balls in the late lottery? Yeah, I, I say I, I think I think now they're you know like a borderline playoff team probably right. Uh, they're they're they might be able to sneak in. I don't know because it's when we say about how tough the West is, we're talking about like the top five, six teams. Yeah, but it's it's so really, really there's hard. still room for them to to actually slip in, but but I don't know who's going to carry that score. Yeah, I mean, Rodney Hood's not ready for that yet. So. Dante Exum, yeah, Exum Hood, looks pretty then, good. I mean, he looked pretty. I mean, he's but he's, he, still, he's, but he's still yeah, I know that right, but he, he's because he's raw, you know, but he's got some talent for sure. Yeah, and then you got the Stifle Tower. I think. He's your best, mm-hmm. your best option. So I don't know. Yeah. It should they have? So there were there were conversations about them trying to pull a sign and trade, and, and you and I were talking about it a little bit or earlier. I think they just were so optimistic about Hayward coming back, and they were just kind of blindly optimistic. They weren't prepared for it. Yeah, I just don't think they saw it coming. And then once he, you know, wrote that penned that Players Tribune thing, mm-hmm. he suddenly their front office was like, "Oh my, we need to figure something out." And got on the phone with Danny Ainge, like, "Hey, sign and trade. You want to do it?" Right, and it didn't work out, but do you think Utah should have been maybe a little bit more open to that, that they could have gotten Bradley out of it? And I think they should have. And let me, let me tell you why I think they should have been more prepared. Anytime a guy is doing these meetings and meeting with different teams, they're not staying. It, it's almost like they're, they're not happy with their situation, at least to some extent, right? Every time a guy goes off and meets with teams about where he's going to play next, they never come back. They're, they're not... It, it, it's like they're looking for something else, right? Carmelo, no, Anthony, 
he went back to what? New York. Well, okay. But recorded by Wash or not Washington by uh Chicago, Houston. They put together a really good pack. When was this? When 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 was this? This was three years ago. This is with the Phil Jackson one. When yeah. Phil Jackson signed that extension. Yeah, this was two, three years ago. Okay. Well then he is the only one that I can remember because think obviously LeBron, the the decision, the original, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Dwight Howard with uh the Lakers. Yeah. Uh uh who else? What was um uh, the Kevin Durant? Yeah. Al Horford. Well, sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, these guys all these guys did the same thing, right? They take meetings with all these different teams. They always save their team for last. It it's almost like it's just the easiest way for them to say goodbye. I, to me, Kevin Love does that count? Well, where did Kevin? What, which which time resigning are we talking? It was um with Cleveland. Yeah, it was first time with. I mean, he'd been there for a year. It wasn't like his. He got traded there, but he still kind of yeah. went around a bit. He hung out with Rondo at Fenway. And then he resigned with. No, no, no. That was the year before. He was still in. He was still in. Um, Minnesota. Minnesota when he did that. No, there, I swear that was that was that summer maybe. No, it was it was the summer before the trade when he was going to get dealt. So clearly, I'm on the wrong side of the argument. But still, I. <laughs> I'm just I, like I, I feel like it's just when these guys start going out and they're looking. It's they're looking for something else, right? Because if he was completely happy with there, he would have just re-upped his deal, right? And and it makes no. most he makes that he can make the most money that way. I don't know. I, I guess with Hayward, the timeline worked out good for us because um, him signing with us for the four year deal with the player option at the end the, the, for the fourth year, he's gonna be thirty to sign his next deal, so he can sign another max contract, and a team would sign him for four years or five years probably at max money, right? At least thirty years yeah. old. He's when you get to be thirty one, thirty two, teams are probably a little more hesitant to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that worked out in our favor that we could we could get him for he could basically set himself up for his next contract at thirty, you know, th- with the way that the four year deal works out. Yeah, and so but, yeah, we're in a good situation in that regard mm-hmm. for sure. Right. Um, and, and the kids are going to be the, the problem we're going to have in three four years is that these young kids are going to be coming off their rookie deals, and we're going to have to you know the Tatum's the Browns whoever we get next year it's it's they're all going to line up with that when brown's rookie deal comes up al horford's comes off the books and the following year it's going to be hayward with you know whoever um with jason tatum right that yeah. his rookie contract is going to expire the same year right well isn't there a team option on the fifth year or they're, they're restricted free agents on the fifth year so yeah no you're the right. rookie deal yeah you're right no so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, and yeah. fortunately, that's four years down the road. <laughs> right, and we don't have to worry about it till then. But 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 you know, it, it's a good problem to have. But it's going to be a problem at some point. Do you think teams will stop feeling like Danny Ainge is constantly going to rip them off now that he finally took kind of a bad deal? That's an error. Yeah, maybe that was part of this master plan. He's like, well, no one wants to trade with me. I need to get screwed on this Avery Bradley deal. So <laughs> set himself up for a big deal at the trade deadline. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) People who have been, every star that's been rumored, that's been moved, really. So DeMarcus Cousins, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, all these stars that have been moved, with the exception of Chris Paul, I think he's the only one. And that was actually the closest to a fair deal. But it's the ones that who have been talking to the Celtics, they've gotten ripped off. So ripped off. And I I don't know if it's out of fear of... And they're asking us for way more than what they get for them, right? Yeah. Whereas you could have at least gotten somewhat more what you got without, you know, I, I don't yeah. know. It, it I, seems like there is definitely some hesitation from teams to trade with him after he's swindled so many people. 
Yeah. Well, it seems like now we finally have our, our roster set uh, with the acquisition of Aaron Baines on Sunday. Uh, he signed 4.3 million one year room mid level exception, right? And he's a solid player. He's a big who yeah. is a good rim protector. And, and I and a good rebounder. That. Yeah. What he had a defensive rating. He's like really good defensively, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you, he's, he's what you hope Tyler Zeller would have been, you know, a rebounder, shot blocker, right? He's a presence in the paint. And, and I don't know. I saw a lot of people talking about our, he's going to be our starting center. That's, that's blasphemy. Really? I don't think well, so. No, you, you put him, Al, because Al wants to be a four. That's, that's right. part of why he came from Celtics, because they, they wanted to put him at the five mm-hmm. in, in Atlanta. And he was, he, he really didn't like that. He doesn't like playing at the five. He wants to play at the four and be able to move around and do stuff like that. And so maybe Baines is our, our, our five, our starting. Well, I think he's going to play, he's going to play enough minutes where Al doesn't have to play the five the entire game, you know? If if he can play fifteen to twenty minutes or whatever it is he's going to play, probably somewhere in there, right? He yeah. Well, he'll he'll allow Al to play at least half of his game away from, you know, the the five spot. But they're going to be playing small a lot, yeah. even with Morris he, at he the four. They're in, small. I love advanced advanced metrics for this stuff. But he posted a when he wasn't on the floor, the Pistons had a one hundred five point three defensive rating. When he was on the floor, they Opposing team scored seven points less when he was on yeah. the court. That's, that's, that's a that's 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 a big number, right? And yeah. and he played he played. I, I was just looking at this thing before. He played seventy something games, so he he at you know I think he averaged fifteen minutes. That's a pretty big sample size. Yeah, no, he he had some serious impact for defensive defensive rating for the Pistons, and mm-hmm. that's a big deal. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is that? Outside of Gordon Hayward, the Celtics didn't get necessarily the free agents that I think they were going for. And in part because we were waiting for Hayward for so long. He didn't tell anybody till the fifth, the fourth, the fifth. Right. So, yeah, it was the fourth when everybody found out. But so, is there? are we a free agent destination now? I mean, Jamal Crawford was probably the next biggest that was free because he got bought out by the Hawks. Are we a free agent destination or are we still kind of a... a distance away from that until we're actually like contenders yeah i I think they're definitely i mean they we picked up the best free agent this year right yeah yeah depending on how you view like blake griffin and stuff yeah yeah i mean well yeah okay sure with one a one b that's fine that's uh that's legitimate um we, we got the best one not named kevin grant last year in in horford i mean that's two years in a row i don't think that's any that's any um coincidence right it's and when we pick up horford that 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 seemed like i mean that was a big deal because not only that we weren't really a competing team then right we just came off of a playoff series where we lost the horford in the playoffs yeah and yet he wanted to play here and a lot of it has to do with the the passion that the fans have in the garden people see that um like blake griffin said earlier this year after he was like totally like he, it was surreal to see what the fans did for Paul Pierce when he played his last game there. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that has a big impression on guys, right? Well, I mean, yeah. when you're playing a regular season game and you see empty seats in the in the stands, right? That doesn't really happen in in Boston. No, unless you're like you know, it's like 2007, right? That place hasn't been empty since right. I was just gonna say 06, 07 season. Yeah. 
I think I went to like 20 games that year and I used to get the tickets half price like <laughs> day of the game because they, they couldn't get people to go there. Yeah, but so, yeah, that you're right. That that does make a huge deal. And obviously we had a ringer for the Hayward move because you, know, you had Gordon who... Had, right, with the, the Brad Stevens. Yeah, that, that makes a huge, a huge... He went to pick him up at the airport. As soon as I saw that photo of Brad picking him up at the airport, I was uh, we got him. Like, I, this, this, I mean, there's no... I don't care how close he is with this coach now. You think he's going to pick him up at the airport when he goes back to Utah? I don't think so. Well, right? so who are the big ones next year? So you got Paul George. Agents? Yeah, Paul George next year, Russell Westbrook. I think we'd definitely be chasing Paul George. We're going to try and get a meeting with him, but he's also declared that he's going to L.A. Yeah, I I, I don't think – well, and then the problem is, I mean, with, with we can't – if we re-sign Isaiah, we can't. You know, we we would be essentially signing Paul George instead of him if we were going to do that, right? That's something we're going to have to – yeah, let's talk and about I don't that. even think that works because we, we would have to clear the cap space. I don't think we'd even be able to do that. No, unless we we'd were be trading to all these young players, right? Yeah. And that's that's and we're not going to do that. So that's why it's – they're full steam ahead. They're going to re-sign Isaiah next year. Well, I mean, whether he's getting the full max is just what he thinks he deserves. That is the only negotiable thing. I did see yeah. – it was one interesting thing I saw, though. Um, Zach Lowe of ESPN said an interesting way for the Celtics to save some money in future years is would be to come up with an extension for Isaiah this year and, you know, so pay him a little bit of money sooner than he would get and then maybe take the a little bit off of those other years. So maybe you get him somewhere between 20 and $25 million instead. But if you do it this year – He's still making the same amount of money overall. It just helps us tax-wise. Because once we get into the repeater stuff, the tax is going to be way worse than this year, which is was like our first year way over the tax, right? Well, that's, we, haven't, we haven't passed the luxury yet. Right. So but, that's, that's but, a right. High, yeah, that's a high threshold. It's like $125 million before this. Right, which, which means that if we did that and re-signed him, restructured his contract and re-signed him this year, the first year we're not going to get hit with a huge penalty, whereas in subsequent years when we add other players and, you know, um, we're obviously going to get hosed with the luxury. Because yeah, having to re-sign Smart and all that stuff, it's going to probably... They're be- already saying now, like I was looking at um, it with Isaiah's contract, at, and it was estimated at $25 million just for sake of it, right? Uh, plus a mid-level exception, a guy next year at $8 million, and Marcus Smart signed at, I think it was, uh, I want to say they had him at 18 or something like that, right? Yeah. We were already we're already like on Golden State's level in terms almost on Golden State's level in terms of the the salary the yeah. luxury cap. So it's it, it might be a good idea to try and extend him ahead of time if they can. I don't know, but it seems like they're he's staying right based well, on them moving on from Fultz. I I, I think it's a, it's a lock that he's going to be here long term. Yes, but also he said on Sunday or Saturday night I think he said he wants. He expects the Celtics to bring out the Brinks. He expects that they're going to mm-hmm. give them a max deal. And that's probably not guaranteed. I don't know if the Celtics are going to go max money for him. I think that they're going to aim for 20 to 25. Yeah, and but, but that's one way of doing it is if they do extend him sooner, maybe they can make that deal with him where he's still getting the same amount of money, right? Maybe. But I, think, I think he wants the he wants, he respect wants and the... And the you know, reputation that comes with having a max deal, having that that elite level that, that matches with Kevin Durant, LeBron James, those guys. Because he, he's wanted to be at that level, and I think he wants even just the status of that with the max deal, and the 25 just won't cut it. 
I, well, I would guess too, right? When they when they met with Gordon Hayward last weekend, right? Wick was there, uh, Isaiah, Al Horford. We've heard that Jalen Brown met with him too. That that came out after the fact. I, I don't know if he was in the meeting itself, but he did meet with him while he was there at the training facility or something. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, I, I think one of the reporters, I don't remember who it was, it was Hillsback or one of the local guys was saying that a big stress from the Celtics perspective was that they are willing to go deep into the tax to build a contender, knowing that that's what they're going to have to do, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to think that Isaiah's sitting there they're saying we're willing to go deep into the tax. We've done it before. They did it for years when they had the, you know, our last big three team, right? They were in the, the luxury tax every year. So they're, they're a big part of their pitch to Hayward was look, look, we have a track record. We will do this. We've done it before. Same ownership as then, right? And Isaiah's sitting there <laughs> nodding, saying, yep, they're going to go way into that tax and pay me, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that for sure. Well, other free agent signings, right? So let's kind of run through those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otto Porter and the the Wizards they kind of they screwed with the Nets for as long as they could. <laughs> right. Nets had to the Nets offered him the max, right? And then the Wizards had like four days to match it, but the Nets couldn't couldn't sign other people during that time because they had mm-hmm. the, that money locked up. So the Wizards right. were waiting until like the very literally the very last minute to actually submit that sheet to Otto Porter. So the Nets got a tiny bit screwed. We talked a little bit earlier about uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope and how he now may be a target for the Nets because he's still up for grabs. But they also just traded for Damari Carroll mm-hmm. from Toronto. So there's just been some moves this weekend. Does that make the Brooklyn pick a little bit less valuable? Damari Carroll was really, really, really good in Atlanta. Yeah, no, I mean, he's good. I mean, it, it, it certainly makes them a little bit better, I guess. I, but, I mean, how much, I guess, Atlanta's a threat to moving to the bottom, right? I mean, how many teams got worse, too, right? That's, I guess that's the other part of the question. Yeah. Atlanta, for sure. Lakers Orlando's still going to stink. The Suns are um, probably going to be bad, too. The Sun, well, yeah, I don't know, though. They got a good, pretty good young core there. I mean, they're not going to be great, but I think they'll be better than the Nets, no? Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough to say because they... I guess it depends a lot on Jackson, too, and how quickly he, you know, because he obviously wanted to play there because he can get more minutes, right? So <laughs> And the health of is right. Brandon Knight, who's the one that they got, who's, who's plays a lot. I always get Brandon Knight and Eric, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, I always confuse those two. Yeah. But yeah, so there's... Okay, let's just kind of keep walking through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get caught up on this, right? Yeah, so Nets so... might be a little bit worse, might be a little bit better, hard to mm-hmm. say. Uh, Otto Porter is going to go back to the Wizards. Wizards, right? But I mean, that team is basically the same team. I mean, yeah. how much, how much more are they going to change? Right? Those three guys were all really good already, right? Well, they're not going to start as horribly, right? Because they had like one of the worst starts. No, no, that's true. So I don't, I don't know if they'd be fighting for the one seed if they play as well as they did at the really the second or like whatever. After but, the but, but we got better, regardless of what anybody says about whether or not we got better. We definitely improved and. They are just kind of standstill, right? The Knicks gave Tim Hardaway Jr. $71 million, which is kind of yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> so it wasn't just Phil Jackson, right? Screwing everything up over there. I don't know what the hell that was. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. They didn't have a GM. See, that's the kind of, this is the kind of stuff that scares me because Justin was talking about how he thought that the Celtics would have a good shot to get 
um, Mark Smart at a reasonable price because of uh, there's been a lot of low signings this year, right? But yeah. then there's a team throwing, you know, $18 million a year at Tim Hardaway Jr. So what the hell is Marcus Smart going to get? Right? Well, but comparison, Rudy Gay got 8.6 for two years, so like four and a right. half. But Rudy Gay's also what? But thirty-two. How old is he now? He's a good. He's a good scorer. He's no, no, for sure. Vince Carter got eight one year. Sacramento one year eight million. That is the most. That is crazy, dude. Sacramento's gonna be a fun team. Yeah, definitely. And you know what I like about it? It makes them better than the Lakers, right? So true. I, I just love seeing all these 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 Western Conference teams getting better, and the Lakers are still sitting there and watching Lonzo Ball shoot one for eleven from three point range. Well, but Thank then he puts you. up a triple double. Yeah, but whatever. Whatever. No, it's summer league, right? But um, no, but I just don't think that they've they've improved at all, and they've been sitting around waiting for Paul George, and maybe they'll end up with him. But I just I hope they stink again, and then Paul George goes there anyways, just just like just because he wants to go there, and they still stink. Yeah, now he'd be better off going to the Clippers. Yeah, he really wants to be in LA, but whatever, it's fine. But but he didn't grow up a Clippers fan because no one grew up a Clippers fan. That's fair. James Johnson to Miami. Was he? He was in Miami before, right? Or was he in Utah? Um, there's James Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I think he was. You're I thinking he, he was in? I'm, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Whatever. Miami four for fifteen. Mm-hmm. Bojan Bogdanovich left the Wizards to go to the Pacers. Pacers for like five point two. Uh, Sheldon Mack. Orlando for three million a year, two years. Mike Muscala to the Hawks, who are going to fall off hard, really hard. Two and a half million, two years. They're rigged. They're, they they clearly cleaned house because they they're making a race to the bottom for next year. They want one of those guys, right? Michael Porter, Mo Bamba, one of them. Yep. Zaza is sticking with Golden State, trying to get a second ring. Tyreek mm-hmm. Evans going to Memphis. That was an interesting one. Yeah, isn't that weird? And yeah. he was three point three. And Tyreek mm-hmm. Evans used to be really good. Yeah, he had a couple of years there where he was really good. Raymond Felton backing up Russ, which is solid. Appreciate yeah, it. definitely. You know, KC for 2.3. And then Jeff Green, former Celtic, going to the Cavaliers. That was an interesting one. I mean, I guess they could use a little scoring punch. Off yeah, what's, the what are your thoughts on that? Does that make him better or worse? <laughs> <laughs> right? I think Jeff Green's a better player than he gets credit for. I just... Just, I mean, he needs a good coach, right, in a good situation. Do you good think Tyron Lue is a good coach? No, I don't. <laughs> but, but LeBron James might be. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, let's get to the part that I've wanted to talk about the entire time. Summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum has been so much fun. Pull up, shoot, boom. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. It's been crazy yeah. fun. And then you got, I don't even know how to say his name, so I just call him semi-automatic. Okay. Yes, so Ojale, Ojale. I'm going with Ojale. I don't know if that's right. If it's Ojale. not, I'm still going to call him Ojale. I like semi-automatic, semi-Ojale, semi-automatic. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Automatic. You can, I don't know. You can make a pun. <laughs> yeah, but so he's been killing it. Nader's been killing it. Zizich's been all over the place. Yeah, it's it's he's gonna it's gonna be an adjustment for him. I I know people were going crazy about him earlier this year, and I'm excited about him too, but. He is not going to be our starting center. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, I know you're right, but it's it's <laughs> at least not before uh, you know March. <laughs> so I mean, we'll see. It's problems he's, that can be ironed out. Like he's right. the way that he's approaching, he's getting the offensive board right, and it's great that he's gobbling up the rebounds on the offensive end. But he's he's grabbing him and then he brings it down, mm-hmm. and then he comes back up. And when he he brings it down to like his knees, and it right. makes it so easy to strip. I remember, yeah. you know, a yeah. lot of college centers do that, where they like bring it down mm-hmm. low, 
because that's what they did in, in and the guys with the quick school. hands can right guys with quick hands can just swipe that right from yeah exactly in high school you can do that because you know you're seven feet tall you're that much bigger than everybody else yeah, right so you can do that and you're stronger than everybody else but college and especially the pros yeah that's that doesn't work so well. and i don't know what what it was like in europe for him mm-hmm. to be able to do that there but th- that's something you can iron out you know you can kind of teach him to you know be strong with it keep it up high and then go back up strong and I'm, I'm encouraged at the fact that he is reading the ball really well off the rim and off the glass, but that instinct of bringing it down is causing – I think he had like five or six turnovers in mm-hmm. 12 minutes. Yeah, it's going to be a big adjustment for him, a steep, steep learning curve. My, my, my concern is – and we know that you know, Stevens is not into playing guys that are you know, raw. Like Jalen Brown didn't play a lot at the beginning of last year, mm-hmm. and Zizic is going to be even more raw than Jalen was, I think. Oh, so yeah. he's might not see the court much at all, you know, at, at least first half of the season. You know, he's he's really going to have to work hard to earn earn some time on the floor. And I get, you know, he, we might not see much of him at all next year. Yeah, I, I hope that we do. We also- yeah, and, and he could he could just be so physical and so that he he gets on the floor because of that. But, you know, Stevens isn't going to play a guy if he's not where he's supposed to be all the time. Yeah. And it looks like we're also going to get the dancing bear. Yabusele, Gershon. Right. I think he's got a better shot to play more this year. It'll be interesting. And he's also coming off of that, that minor foot surgery, right? He had like right. bone spurs or something. Mm-hmm. So he's got, you know, we haven't seen him play yet in the summer league or he played, actually he killed it in the D league, right? Yes. Yeah, he was. Wait, wait. Like, who, who did? Yabusele. Did he play in the D league last year? I thought, he, I thought he did. Like he played in like the playoffs and was like murdering. Or am I completely wrong? Uh, no, you might be right. You might be right. I feel like you were really excited about it. I don't know. Yabusele, he's, he's supposed to come, and we're probably going to have to cut Mickey for it, which is the most upsetting thing I've heard all year. Uh-huh. I was, I was, I'm more upset about that than us not getting Paul George. So Yeah, yeah. insert sad face, cry face emoji. Yeah, I put a ton of those in our notes. So. Oh, man. But So, yeah, Summer League, what, what are your thoughts, man? The comparisons of – and Jalen and, and Tatum are also – they're throwing the dice. They're they're doing the they're doing the Pierce dice move. I ah, oh, it's it's awesome, awesome. No, there's, it's, there's it's been a lot of fun to watch them. There's comparisons of Tatum to Pierce. Do you see that? Well, I think in in terms of like that herky jerky movement and how he separates himself sometimes, I think a better comparison, like he a lot of his moves. I think there is a little bit of Pierce in in the way that he moves and shuffles sometimes, but he he's more of like. Uh, I've seen a couple videos online comparing him to Nowitzki and to Kobe and those those turnaround fadeaways and it, the movement that the way that he I mean, he's got a clean turnaround. It's going to be interesting to see how much Brad lets him take that shot. You know, that's not exactly uh, uh, Brad Stevens' efficiency wheelhouse right there, but Hill, he's, but he, I, he's pretty damn good at that shot and he can get it off at any time. Among recent Celtics, he reminds me of Evan Turner. Because Evan Turner was automatic from that mid-range, even mm-hmm. later. Yep. Especially in NBA 2K, which I just love to take that shot with. <laughs> I'm really excited for the next version of 2K, just to take that shot with Tatum and just see how <laughs> Turn around. Yeah, so do you think we've seen... Game one was against the Sixers, right? He had the game winner, uh, right? Fultz. Yeah, he had the game winner against Markel Fultz. Right. Outshone him in that game. Uh, and then you go to game two of... The Vegas, well, our game one for us in Vegas, but game two for the Lakers in Vegas, after Lonzo Ball went like one for 11 from deep for like five points. Mm-hmm. What, 
how do you compare the top three picks right now? Well, it's I mean Tatum has certainly I think he's been the most exciting, right? Yeah. That Lonzo Ball gets talked about the most because just because it's Lonzo Ball, I mean he's going to be maligned. Yeah, yeah, right. And he's only played two games, right? He only played um, Friday and and last night, right? If yeah, I'm, they didn't they didn't play in they Utah, didn't play in Utah, Orlando, right? Orlando, yeah. So Tatum's had a little more exposure too. So I guess that's. But I mean, Tatum. Whereas Lonzo had that really bad first game, Tatum hasn't really had a really bad game. I mean, he had that one game where he scored eight points, but he's had like eleven or twelve rebounds. Yeah, even then he's yeah he's rebounding really really well. Right. And, and he's been getting to the line and knocking down his free throws. I, I mean, he shot 10 free throws yesterday and hit them all. Like, that's good stuff. Yeah, no, he's... That's another thing that Nader's been doing really good is getting to the line. Um, and he's been scoring a quite... Like, uh, he didn't shoot so well last game. I think he shot 28%, but he got to the free throw line 12 times. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited about that kid. He's yeah, just- it's going to be... I, I, I don't know if he's going to make the team, though. It's going to depend. I mean, it seems like... Uh, Probably, and I, I think Ojale's better um, for as a lock just because of his defense. But I think Kadeem Allen, Nader are going to be fighting for that last, maybe that last roster spot if the Celtics don't add any, you know, vet minimum contracts. Yeah, we're going to break down. I haven't taken a look at like the roster yet. I'm still kind of obsessing over the summer league and like just looking at these guys as we near the end of the Vegas, as like when it gets like the playoff phase of the Vegas league. I'm gonna probably starts to look at like okay what spots do we have open who's you know what positions do we need and kind of figure out what we're going to do mm-hmm. uh, but like i said jordan mickey's probably gone which is really sad amir johnson tyler zeller kelly olenic probably your rebco too but he could maybe be re-signed at a vet min along with gerald green yeah I, I, gerald i think you got a better shot of re-signing than than Jarebko. i don't think he's going to get some interest from other teams and for more than what we can offer him anyways yeah and so it's, um, I, yeah, I don't know who I'd rather because I, I, Drebko, they both actually had like really big roles in the playoffs in mm-hmm. certain series. Drebko was the catalyst in that win over the Cleveland. Yeah, he was like the Kingslayer for yeah, no reason. Yes, yeah, slapping people around. <laughs> who would have thought? He was the goon. Green obviously swung, just completely changed the momentum of the first round against the Bulls yeah. down yeah. 2 nothing, And he came in and won us four straight, basically. So. Yeah, no, I um, I'm not sure who I'd rather. And I, like I said, I haven't evaluated the roster yet to figure out what I'm what I'm looking for. But yeah, we'll definitely break that down as we get kind of further into the off season when there's a lot less to talk about. But there's so much to talk about right now with free agency wrapping up stuff like that. Anything else you want to hit on? Uh, I'm gonna work on uh, are we a bandwagon team now? Nice. As far as like fans go, I'm ex- actually I'm really excited to start working on that. And I, I, I yeah. I have been saying for months, and I, I, I'm going to do this at some point over the summer, but we, we, we talked about the, the logos, the teams all getting the sponsorship on the jerseys, and I would love to break down, maybe I'll do it like um, division by division, but the, the sponsors each team really should have right? <laughs> instead of what they, what they will have. Maybe I'll start that this week, but I'm do definitely going to do that. Do you have any that like, you already have that you have? I've got, I have a couple, uh, but I don't want to spoil it here. So <laughs> I, I just, you know. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, you're teasing us, yeah. Yeah, little <laughs> little tease. But uh, guys, check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. we got a huge variety of shirts and hoodies. And the new 7-Eleven Get Buckets 24-7 shirt is fire. I, I love that shirt. Yeah, that one's um, sweet. The, the Hair Gordon shirt's hilarious. 
Um, you know, when the season comes around, you can get tickets under the, uh, to the next game under that same heading. Uh, you can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, most podcatcher apps. Um, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, or even if you don't, give us five stars because that'd be really cool of you. Um, if you don't, if you don't like something or have a suggestion, you can always hit us up on the comments of the Celtics, Celtics Life articles, <laughs> or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. We'll always get back to you. Uh, we're always trying to give you the coverage that you want, the way you like it. And from me, Mark Allison, and my man Topher Lane, we'll catch up with you guys later. Thanks, guys.